أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن نبينا محمدا عبده ورسوله المصطفى الأمين اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك على عبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Welcome to another episode of our tafsir page by page and inshallah ta'ala today we are on page 33 and this is the second juz of the Quran Surah Al-Baqarah in the previous episode, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned to us a number of important principles. And from those principles is that Allah Azza wa mentioned the difference between those people who are engaged in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and their life is one of submission to Allah Azza wa willing to make that sacrifice of their life and their pleasure and their, and their comforts and luxuries in order to attain Allah's pleasure and His mercy and His reward. As opposed to those people who are not willing to do so. They don't remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are people who don't fear Allah azza wa jal. And they are people who would rather follow the footsteps of shaitan despite the many signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala coming upon them. And Allah azza wa concluded those few verses that we mentioned in the last uh, episode. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke in the, in the few verses that we mentioned towards the end about how the signs of Allah azza wa had come. But that those people had turned away from those signs. So Allah Azza wa Jalla was asking them, "What sign then do you want? Do you want to physically be able to see Allah Azza wa Jalla? By the time that happens, it will already be too late. It will be Yom Al Qiyamah. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will continue in verse 211 with pretty much on that same theme, and that is the signs that Allah Azza wa Jalla gave and how people responded. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is mentioning to the Ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the people of Quraysh at the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that Allah Azza wa Jalla has always sent signs to the different nations, to the different people. Every single Prophet came with signs, so that those people would know that their salvation lies in the path that has been laid out uh, for them by their prophets and messengers, the path that leads them to the worship of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala alone. Allah Azza wa Jalla says in verse two hundred and eleven. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم سل بني إسرائيل كم آتيناهم من آية بينة ومن يبدل نعمة الله من بعد ما جاءته فإن الله شديد العقاب الله عز وجل says and asked the children of Israel how many clear signs we brought to them if anyone alters Allah's blessings after he has received them, then indeed Allah is stern and severe in his punishment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, ask Bani Israel, ask the people of the book, the people of the scripture, the Jews and the Christians, how many signs Allah Azza wa sent down to them. Clear signs that Allah Azza wa gave to them. And we have those clear signs within the Quran itself. If we look at the story of Musa alayhi salatu and we've covered some of these signs previously because Allah azza wa has mentioned a number of them already in Surah Al-Baqarah. How many different signs did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give to the Prophet Musa alayhi and for Bani Israel? Didn't they have the sign of Allah azza wa jal uh, taking them and saving them from Pharaoh and his armies? Didn't they see the signs of Musa salam with his staff and the way that Allah allowed that staff to do certain things? Didn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save them from Pharaoh and his tyranny by, by, by drowning Pharaoh within the ocean? Didn't Allah then give food and provision to Bani Israel and cloud a shelter for them as they wandered through the desert? 
all of these signs that Allah gave to them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ask them concerning all of these signs. And just as they received all of these signs, then likewise the Quraysh received signs uh, at the hands of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet ﷺ brought to them the Qur'an. The Prophet ﷺ split the moon for them. The Prophet ﷺ, they could see that his message and what he spoke about was true. And what he asked or what he said would come true. They saw his prophecies being realized before their very eyes. Yet still, they disbelieved. Still, they turned away. And so the issue is not just about the signs being present, because Allah has always sent signs at the hands of the prophets and messengers. But rather the issue is being able to believe in those signs and accept them for what they are. And that is where the person of pure heart comes in, the person who has iman, the person who wants to be guided towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will look at those signs and they will accept them. And as for the person whose heart is entrenched in disbelief, they don't seek guidance, they don't care about guidance, they're not looking to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their hearts are covered with their sins and so on. Those people are the ones who despite seeing those signs, they still won't believe. Because had those signs been enough, then Pharaoh would have believed at the time of Musa salam. Had those signs been enough, then every single prophet and messenger's people would have, would have believed when they saw the signs and miracles that those prophets and messengers brought. And had those signs been enough, then the Quraysh themselves, all of them, would have accepted Islam at the early stages of the, of, of the prophethood of our Prophet wasallam. For example, when they saw the, the moon being split, by Allah's permission, as the Prophet mentioned, or as the Prophet made dua for. And so these are all signs that have always been present. And that is why Allah then says, Whosoever alters, changes the blessing of Allah. How do you change the blessing of Allah? Because the blessing of Allah brings you iman, brings you belief, brings you guidance, and you change it to disbelief, meaning you ignore it and you, you instead of taking that, that blessing of Allah and understanding its value and, 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 and taking that, that blessing in, you alter it and you instead go to disbelief, you go to misguidance and you turn away from the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says whoever changes and alters the blessings of Allah, Whoever disregards the blessings of Allah, after they have been, after he has received them, after they have come to him, then Allah is severe in his punishment. Didn't Allah severely punish the likes of the people of Nuh and Hud and Salih and Lut and Shu'ib and Musa in terms of Pharaoh? Didn't Allah punish all of those nations and Allah relays to them, to us, their stories in the Quran in multiple times? A number of times these stories are repeated so that we can understand the importance of accepting guidance, of accepting the signs of Allah and the end result of those who turn away from the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In verse 212, Allah then goes on to mention the reason as to why people turn away. Why don't they accept that guidance? Why can't they accept Iman? And one of the major reasons is because of the way that they have become engrossed in the life of this world. The way that this life of this world has made them think that there is nothing more to existence in this world. That it is only these few years or decades that we have and there is nothing after it. And so they have no reason, no impetus, no no driving, uh, no driving reason for them to work for anything beyond what they can see around them in this world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse 212, زُيِّنَ لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا وَيَسْخَرُونَ مِنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا The life of this world 
has been made to seem glamorous to the disbelievers and they laugh at those who believe because they have seen or they think that it is only this world the beauty of this world the wealth of this world the trappings the luxuries of the dunya that is all that they can understand and see and so because of that it is something which diverts them away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is why we as muslims as the Prophet ﷺ told us in a number of narrations, we're told to be wary of the dunya. And as Allah mentions a number of times in the Quran, don't be deceived by the dunya. Don't look around the dunya and think that this is all there is. Don't think that the wealth of the dunya is more than what Allah has prepared in terms of the rewards of the akhirah. And so what the people are doing, what the people do, what they fall into, is that they just become bemused or they just become entranced Oh, they go into a trance when it comes, enchanted by the dunya. And so it's like a spell that they can't break. And that is why they laugh and they mock the believers. Allah says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, Why do they mock the believers? Because they see that the mu'mineen don't care about the dunya. They're not fussed about wealth. They're not people who are trying to just take money every, every which way. They're people who, for example, when you're told that if you give us 100 pounds by interest, we'll give you 150 pounds. They say, no, we don't want the 50, we'll just take the 100. And for the disbelievers, they don't understand why would you give away what is essentially free money? Why wouldn't you accept something when you don't even have to work for it? And so they don't understand the principles that underlie or that are the basis and foundation of the belief of the Muslim. And rather all that they look at is the dunya and its trappings and its luxuries. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that this is what causes people to turn away from uh, from the uh, from the akhirah, from Allah subhanahu wa taala, and that is why the Prophet told us on Allah in the hadith that from the reasons of the weakness of this ummah that will come, he said later on that when the the, the ummah will become weak despite the quantity in number, despite the many Muslims as we see today over a billion Muslims in the world, but they are weak. They're not people of strong iman. You don't see a major impact that those Muslims have. He said one of the reasons will be because they will dislike death. And they will love the dunya. حُبُّ الدُّنْيَا وَكَرَاهِيَةُ الْمَوْتِ They will love this dunya. They won't want to leave. And they will dislike death, meaning that they dislike the hereafter. Because of that weakness of iman, they don't work for the akhirah, but they just work for the dunya. Exact opposite to the way that the early generations of the companions, and those early generations were. When they worked for the akhirah, and they just survived in the dunya. Now we work for the, the dunya, and if anything, we may do what we can to survive in the akhirah. Like we do very little and hope that we've done enough to survive in the akhirah. Allah then continues and he says, But as for those, because Allah says that they laugh and mock the believers, but those who are conscious of Allah, have fear of Allah will be above them on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. They may laugh at them in this world, the believers in this world may be weaker, may be poorer, may have less status and power, but on Yawm Al-Qiyamah they will be above them. And the station that truly matters is the station of Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And the reward and the wealth and the blessings that truly matter are the reward and blessings of Yawm Al-Qiyamah. They will be above them. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He will judge, will not judge based upon a person's wealth or their status or their power or their lineage or any of those other things that we in this dunya consider to be the hallmarks of importance. We judge people based upon their appearance. We judge people based upon their wealth. We judge people based upon their status and their job and their citizenship and so on and so forth. But Allah Azza wa judges people based upon their iman and their taqwa and their righteous deeds.
and that is why the people that are considered or may be considered to be lowly in this world, Allah Azza wa will raise and honor them on Yom Al-Qiyamah. And those people who are considered to be mighty and powerful and wealthy in this world may become lowly and humbled or humiliated by Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala on Yom Al-Qiyamah. Allah Azza wa says, concluding this verse, وَاللَّهُ يَرْزُقُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابٍ And Allah gives and provides immeasurably for whomsoever He pleases. Allah Azza wa we choose from amongst the believers those to whom to give to wealth. And there are a number of believers in the past from the time of the companions as we mentioned in the previous episode until our time today, Muslims who are good and righteous and work for the sake of Allah and Allah gives them wealth. They're comfortable and sometimes they're rich and very wealthy. There is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with you taking and benefiting from the dunya. If Allah has opened for you a path that allows you to have wealth and money, then that is halal and permissible for you. So long as you know how to take that wealth in halal and spend it in halal. So long as you know how to fulfill the obligations of Allah when it comes to those aspects of the dunya. Allah has made it halal for you. So long as you abide by the rulings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah then goes on to say in verse number 213, Mankind was a single community, meaning that they were all once upon a time upon iman. Upon belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and worshipping Him alone. In the time of the beginning of creation, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first created our forefather Adam alayhi salatu wasalam, Allah azza wa jal, everyone was upon Islam. There was only one nation, meaning there was only one religion that everyone was upon. Everyone was Muslim. That lasted, as we know in the hadith of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah, for approximately 10 generations. Until towards the time of Nuh alayhi salam, or slightly before Nuh alayhi salatu salam, shaitan came and he made people make idols or he whispered to them and made, uh, seemed, uh, or he tempted them into making and, and, and constructing, fashioning idols that they then began to worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so shirk then emerged upon the earth for the first time. And that is when the first of the messengers was sent, Nuh alayhi salatu salam. And that is why Allah azza wa says, People were always upon tawheed, always upon the worship of Allah azza wa at the beginning. And then Allah sent the prophets to bring good news and give warning. Meaning when shirk, started to emerge and then continued until our time today, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then sent the prophets and messengers. And as we said before, the prophets and messengers have only two roles. To give glad tidings to those people who follow the path of Allah and worship Allah Azza wa Jal alone, and to warn those people of the punishment of Allah who turn away from Allah Azza wa Jal and don't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. وَأَنزَلَ مَعَهُمُ الْكِتَابَ بِالْحَقِّ لِيَحْكُمَ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ فِي مَخْتَلَفُوا فِيهِ And Allah Azza wa Jal says, and with them, He sent the scripture with truth to judge people between their disagreements. Allah Azza wa Jal gave to all of these prophets, alongside their bringing, their bringing of glad tidings and their warnings, Allah Azza wa Jal gave to them revelation. Allah Azza wa Jal gave to them knowledge. Knowledge that would give guidance to the people, that they would be able to look at their disagreements, to be able to look at those issues that they don't have knowledge of or concerning, and they would be able to find the path that leads them back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah azza wa jal opened up these doors for the believers and, and for the disbelievers, for all of mankind. 
the believers accepted the guidance, the disbelievers rejected it. And that is why Allah Azza wa then goes on to say, وَمَخْتَلَفَ فِيهِ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ أُوتُوهُ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا جَاءَتْهُمُ الْبَيِّنَاتُ بَغْيًا بَيْنَهُمْ Allah Azza wa says, and it was only those to whom it was given who disagreed about it after the clear signs had come to them because of rivalry between them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that with every prophet that came, he sent revelation. That revelation contains guidance. Is there one God or more than one God? The Quran, the revelation tells you that there is only one God. How do we worship Allah Azza wa Jal in a way that is pleasing to him? The revelation tells you the path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What will happen if you worship Allah Azza wa Jal? The revelation tells you the reward that is waiting for you by Allah's permission and through his mercy. So what if I don't follow those paths? If I don't worship Allah, if I worship other than Allah, if I don't follow that path, Allah Azza wa Jal has made that clear also within his revelations. The people who came didn't differ until after that revelation came, meaning that they had the signs and the knowledge and the guidance that came from Allah. And as we mentioned in the previous verse, they simply chose to ignore it. They chose the path of shaitan because they're so impressed by the dunya and want to just live here as if they're going to live here for eternity, even though it is a fact that every single human knows that their time upon this world is limited. Even if you were to live for a hundred years, there is still a limit to your time. And we always see around us people who pass away in their 80s, in their 90s, some of them past the age of 100, but their time still comes. Just because we're 20 or 30 today doesn't mean that we won't also have a day and a time in which we will pass away. But that is from the whisperings and the temptations of shaitan, that he makes something which is so finite, something which passes so quickly, as all of us can attest to. When you're in your 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s, you can still remember being a teenager. You can remember being in your early 20s. And that time passes so fast that from yesterday, when you were a young person, a young woman, a young man, living by yourself, independent, maybe studying at school or university, and today now you're a father. And some of us are grandparents. And time moves so fast. But despite this, shaitan has made it in such a way or tempted us and made us think of the dunya in such a way that we think that we will live forever. And so we just work for what we have. And we just, even when some of those people go to the age and their state of health, where they actually realize that their time now is very limited, that their days upon this earth are very numbered, shaitan still makes them people who are heedless and neglectful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so Allah Azza wa Jal says that the knowledge came to them, but they still continue to differ. Rather than taking the Qur'an as a source of guidance, as a source of, of agreement that they can use to worship Allah Azza wa Jal, they treated it as something which would continue to be a source of misguidance or that they would, mis- they would, they would ignore and so therefore they would be misguided. Allah Azza wa Jal says, فَهَدَ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لِمَخْتَلَفُوا فِيهِ مِنَ الْحَقِّ بِإِذْنِهِ So Allah Azza wa Jal guides the believers to the truth that they have differed about. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives guidance to those whom he loves. And that is why from the greatest blessings of Allah azza wa jal is the blessing of guidance. That is the blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only gives to those whom he loves. The dunya that Allah azza wa jal mentioned a couple of verses ago, that's given to everyone. Muslims have it, non-Muslims have it. The good have it, the evil have it. The righteous and the not righteous have it. All of the people are given parts of the dunya. But guidance... Allah Azza wa Jal, guidance and belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, iman, that is only given to those whom Allah Azza wa Jal loves. فَهَدَ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Allah says that He gives guidance to those who believe. And they are therefore guided 
and, and shown the path that other people differ in. Those other religions that can't decide how they should worship Allah Azza wa Jal, or which God or how many gods there are, the Muslims are guided through the Iman to that which is the truth. And Allah Azza wa Jal concludes this verse by saying, Wallahu yahdi man yasha'u ila mustaqim. And Allah guides whomsoever He wills to the straight path. And that is why, as we mentioned in the tafsir of Surah Al Fatiha, the believers always ask Allah Azza wa Jal for guidance and to be made steadfast upon that guidance. And it is said that the Prophet ﷺ from the du'as that he would often make is the du'a, Ya muqallib al-qulub, thabbit qalbi ala deenik. O the one who turns the hearts, make my heart firm and steadfast upon your religion. Because the believer understands how precious guidance is and how easily it can leave a person or how easily a person can squander that guidance. And so therefore they always ask Allah Azza wa Jal for that guidance and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides whomsoever he pleases subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza wa Jal then in verse 214 tells us that don't think that just because you have guidance, that just because you are from amongst those people who are upon the path that Allah Azza wa Jal loves and has chosen, that it is all smooth and plain sailing, that it is a path that is full of rose petals, that there is no hardship or thorns or difficulty upon that path. Rather, the people on the path to Jannah are sometimes the ones who are tried and tested the most. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Do you suppose that you will enter the Jannah without first having suffered like those who came before you? Without having it being tested, by the, like those who came before you. Allah says, don't think the path to Jannah is an easy or smooth one. Just because it is the path that Allah has chosen, the path that is pleasing to Allah, yes, it is the path of mercy and guidance that ultimately leads you to mercy and guidance. And upon that path, there is mercy and guidance because Allah allows the believers to overcome those challenges and hardships. And through them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them an increase in blessing and reward and a raising in their status and expiation of their sin. So there is good even within those challenges and difficulties. But Allah says, nevertheless, it is a path of difficulty. And you will be tested at those who came before you were tested. As Allah says at the beginning of Surah Al-Ankabut, Do the people think that they will simply be left alone because they claim to believe? Allah says, and of a surety, we tested those who came before you. So that Allah made it known those who were truthful from those who were lying. Allah tested those who came before us. And Allah tested the, the, the nations that came before us, the prophets and messengers that came before us, and even us today that are living as Muslims, the Muslims that came before us from the time of the Prophet wasallam and the companions and the subsequent generations until our time. And that is why Allah then goes on to give that example of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, مَسَّتْهُمُ الْبَأْسَاءُ وَالضَّرَّاءُ وَزُلْزِلُوا حَتَّى يَقُولَ الرَّسُولُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَعَهُ حَتَّى يَقُولَ الرَّسُولُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَعَهُ مَتَى نَصْرُ اللَّهِ أَلَا إِنَّ نَصْرَ اللَّهِ قَرِيبًا They were afflicted by misfortune and hardship. And they were so shaken that even their messenger and the believers with him cried, when will Allah's help arrive? Indeed, Allah's help is always near. So Allah Azza wa says those nations that came before us, the people of Nuh and the believers with him, Hud, Salih, Shu'ib, Lut, Musa, Isa, Ibrahim, all of the prophets of Allah were tested 
with ba'sa wa darra with misfortune and hardship hardship with regards to the way that people came and they rejected them and the harm and the transgression and the oppression that they had to suffer at their hands and misfortune sometimes within their own circumstances their families not believing their children passing away diseases that afflicted them being separated from their loved ones wherever it may be misfortune and hardship afflicted all of them wazulziru and they were shaken and the word zilzal we use in arabic language also for an earthquake to show to you the severity of that shaking but the believer is the one who's on a solid foundation. No matter how hard that shaking is, that solid foundation will always remain upright. But someone whose iman is weak or that iman isn't present, then even the smallest amount of movement will cause that person to collapse and cause that person to turn away. Until the messenger, whichever of those prophets and messengers they were, they were all of them, even them, they said, when will Allah's help come? Because sometimes that transgression and difficulty was so severe, as even in the time of the Prophet as we have in the hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, when the companion Khabbab ibn al-Arat radiallahu an came in the early days of Mecca to the Prophet whilst the Prophet was sitting in the shade of the Kaaba and he said, O Messenger of Allah, will you not make dua for us? Will you not seek Allah's help for us? Because the situation becomes that difficult becomes so unbearable that it is difficult for the Muslims and the believers to continue. Mata Nasrullah. Allah says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ala inna Nasrullahi qareeb. Indeed, Allah's help is always near. And that is why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to Khabbab, radiyallahu an, walakinnakum qawmun tistahjirun, but you are a hasty people. Meaning you are hasty. Allah promised you his help, but Allah didn't say that it has to be immediate. And Allah wants you through this challenge to purify yourself through this test on hardship to increase in reward and to have expiation of your sins. In verse 215, the last verse that we will take inshallah ta'ala into this episode, Allah Azza wa Jalla continues and he says, يَسْأَلُونَكَ مَاذَا يُنْفِقُونَ قُلْ مَا أَنْفَقَتُمْ مِنْ خَيْرٍ فَلِلْوَالِدَيْنِ وَالْأَقَرَبِينَ وَالْيَتَامَى وَالْمَسَاكِينِ وَبْنِ السَّبِيلِ وَمَا تَفْعَلُوا مِنْ خَيْرٍ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ بِهِ عَلِيمٌ They ask you what they should spend, what they should give. Say whatever you give. It should be for your parents, your close relatives, the orphans, the needy, and the travelers. And indeed, Allah is well aware of whatever good you do. The believers are those people who therefore, when they understand that this is a life of hardship, it is a life of test, it is a life that Allah wants us to sacrifice for him, they ask about those things that benefit them. And from those questions that the companions pose to the Prophet is what they should spend. What should they give? And Allah responded, that you can give whatever is good, give whatever is beneficial, because not everyone has money. Some people have to offer their services. Some people have to offer their advice. Some people have to give food. Some people have to give their part of their possessions. Every person has different levels of wealth and different types of wealth and different types of help that they can offer. But rather Allah says what you give should be to those people that have a right upon you and to those people who have a need. From those people who have the most and greatest rights upon you are your parents to give to them, to help them, to offer them advice, to be with them and support them, especially as they get older and they are more in need of that help and support that is from the rights that Allah has placed upon you. And your aqrabeen, your relatives, starting with the closest from amongst them and moving out. All of them have rights upon you. The closer they are, the greater the right. 
and they're further away from they are from you, then the lesser that right becomes, but still nevertheless they have a right upon you from joining the ties of kinship and remaining upon good terms with them and helping those who are needy from the orphans and the poor and the traveler that is stuck in a place and unable to proceed with their journey or go back to their home. That is the meaning of travelers. Not even traveler, because travelers sometimes are very wealthy and very comfortable. It's speaking about a certain type of traveler who runs out of funds and therefore is unable to continue with their journey or return back to their homeland. These people are examples of people in need. And there are other peoples as well, such as the widows and the destitute and others that Allah Azza wa mentions elsewhere in other verses in the Quran. These people have rights. Give to them of that which you can to the best of your ability. And that is when Allah concludes this verse by saying, and that which you do of good, then know that Allah is ever knowing of it. Allah knows and has knowledge of every good that you offer. I don't have a great deal of money, so I can't give people money, but I can help them. I can teach them. I can give them advice. I can help in other ways. Whatever good you offer, indeed Allah knows that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those people who are generous and kind and those people who help and support others. Barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.